You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we're tackling the emotion pretty much everyone wants to either run away from, fight, or simply ignore and pretend it's not there. Plus, in the English language, it's even a four-letter word. Yes, we're exploring the emotion we call fear. I was afraid of that. Yes. Franklin D. Roosevelt, in his 1933 presidential inaugural speech, popularized the sentiment that fear itself is the only thing there is to fear. In his opening paragraph, he said, So, first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert, retreat, into advance. He is addressing the massive fear and panic that gripped America following the Wall Street crash of 1929, plunging the nation into the Great Depression. Long before FDR used the idea as a rallying cry, however, other renowned writers and philosophers voiced similar views. The French writer, I'm not sure I can say his name right, Michael, maybe you can help me with this, Michel de Montaigne? Yeah, Michel de Montaigne. Okay. Wrote in the 16th century, the thing of which I have most fear is fear. Then in England, during the 17th century, Sir Francis Bacon wrote, nothing is terrible except fear itself. Well, how about that? In 1851, in the U.S., Henry David Thoreau wrote, nothing is so much to be feared than fear itself. Sound familiar? Gee, it sounds like um, (laughs) we're in agreement here. (laughs) People that are a little more enlightened are on to something. We all intimately know what fear feels like. It feels like you need to dig your heels into the ground, shut your eyes, stiffen up, and scream either, no, no, I won't go, or no, get away from me. One way or the other, it's usually a definite no, then a yes. More often than not, you might choose to get angry and fight rather than sink down into the deep freeze of fear. Well, I've been there too. Many people feel like they have some semblance of control left if they get angry instead of being afraid. Yet being angry is still resistance. Anytime you resist anything, you put more of your creative power into the very thing you don't want, and it will perpetuate that. Anger is most often used in the vain attempt to override the fear. Yet, As with everything, you have to let fear be before you can release it out of you. 
But before we jump into doing anything about fear, let's look at what fear really is and where it comes from. We have titled our episode today, Fear Your Standoff Against Yourself. Fear, of course, is an emotion. All emotions are energy. What we experience and call one emotion, such as anger, is basically a different frequency of energy than another, like fear. Yet whether we call the emotion grief or guilt or apathy, even one is just a different kind of energy. Each one is just a different kind of energy. In a way, emotions are like colors. One color like green is a different frequency of energy as another color, such as red. That's why they look different. Each vibration has different qualities, and we experience each differently. Most people consider emotions such as sadness, anger, grief, and fear to be negative emotions. That's because such emotions are missing something. When we experience a big loss, we experience grief. When we experience something going wrong or not in the way we hoped it would go, sometimes we may experience regret or disappointment. We experience these energies or emotions most often as different qualities of feelings resulting from us lacking something essential to us. The emotion of fear is produced in the mind as a consequence of the experience of division and separation. When a little child is accidentally separated from his parents in a big crowd, he might experience fear. If a person is unexpectedly separated from her home, she might become afraid. Fear is always a result of an experience of division and separation in the mind. But is fear real? Believe it or not, not at all. Fear is never reality. It's never based in truth. Reality or truth is forever whole and undivided. Fear arises from division and of consciousness. It's only when someone believes or assumes that he or she has been divided and separated from the whole that the person experiences fear. Most of the time, the person isn't aware of having divided or isolating, isolated him or herself from the whole whether the whole is a family, a friendship, a community, or a higher power. The fear may be in people's minds unconsciously, but it will usually only surface into their conscious awareness when they become aware of the division and separation. Another example of experiencing fear is when you realize that the person you are talking to is now enraged and threatens to hurt or even kill you. Before, when you and the other person were having a pleasant enough conversation, you were experiencing the wholeness of the two of you in communication. When the other person broke away from that wholeness and divided himself against you, you might then experience fear. Well, whatever you experience is always within you and begins within you, no matter who else may be involved in that experience. So the outer trigger to the fear you experience may come from someone threatening you or you being in a dangerous situation in the world. But that's just the trigger of the fear that's already within your own mind that you were heretofore unaware of. If you were to follow where the fear originally started, 
You'll be able to trace it back to the first time you divide it yourself against yourself. So we could say that all fear begins from you having a standoff against yourself. When you go against yourself in any way, you've divided yourself at least in two. Rather than just you being one you, it's now against the other you. Or a part of you is fighting another part of you. This part of where so many people feel like they want to belong. They may wish to belong to a family, a team, a country, or a community of some sort. The desire to belong is the desire to be part of something bigger, more whole than what may appear to be a separate self. Yet that desire comes from the assumption that they are not whole already unto themselves. When you're whole within yourself, you are one with the limitless and eternal. You're complete. When souls experience being divided and separate from that ultimate limitless wholeness, they invariably seek to belong to something bigger in the world than what they see of themselves. A big part of our spiritual growth is to look within and discover the reality of that infinite and timeless wholeness within each of us that all of us are. Our outward belonging to families, communities, teams, organizations, countries, and so on need to be our expression of the inner belonging that we already have with the limitless and not as an external dependency due to an assumption of lack within us. There's no lack in wholeness. The experience of lack comes from believing that you are separate and isolated from the whole. On an outward level, you might find that when you know you are accepted and loved in a relationship, family, or community, you experience that you belong and are part of that bigger wholeness rather than a frightened, isolated stranger wandering aimlessly in a strange land. As long as you continue to experience that belonging, you might live your life happily and successfully. Yet, what tends to happen when that sense of belonging to the greater wholeness is lost is that you become afraid, even terrified. Even if you were a picture of confidence and success before, you might feel helpless and lost and that your life is falling apart. How often have you heard of even a hugely successful, admired, and beloved celebrity seemingly crumble when that person's rock, hero, or idol passed on? whether that was his or her beloved parent, best friend, or longtime mentor. When you establish that sense of wholeness outwardly with someone or something outside of you, then not only will it inevitably come to an end sometime, but you will also experience it 
as a devastating loss, as if the foundation upon which you built your life suddenly collapsed. All souls sooner or later experience that kind of loss on their spiritual path, not as some sort of cruel punishment, but as a loving lesson to turn their awareness inward toward the infinite to discover the true and complete wholeness already within themselves. Once you return your awareness to that greater wholeness and power, your foundation will not collapse because your wholeness is not dependent on something or someone separate from you. The outer is always transient and limited, whereas the inner is forever and therefore unchanging. Fear is something that none of us really ever want to experience. Yet the world is full of thrill seekers of all kinds who long for the next adrenaline rush that comes from fear and the survival instinct kicking in on the body. Some find that rush by jumping out of airplanes as skydivers, some by chasing and surfing monster waves around the world. Some get it from watching horror movies. Still others may resort to committing crime to get their fix of fear-induced high. Does that make extreme athletes or Stephen King fans strung out junkies or criminals? Of course not. There are many souls committed to reclaiming their own inner power by going beyond fear. They may choose to do what seems dangerous or even foolhardy to the rest of us to master fear rather than becoming a hostage to it. Those who pursue what they do out of their love for that activity will approach that activity with wisdom and care. Their love for that activity will give them the needed courage to be able to do it in spite of any fear. In such a way, they will learn to reclaim their power they previously gave to fear and master that emotion. On the other hand, those who pursue the same activities in competition with themselves in order to prove their worth to others and in an attempt to gain respect will approach those activities with arrogance and rather than learning to master fear will forcefully override awareness of fear to survive. There have been some who started that way, but in their dedication to excellence, learned through great challenges that they could not go all the way unless they changed their perspective and purpose for pursuing that activity. Love had to replace the thrill-seeking. In fact, fear has long played an important part in many souls' climb to great worldly success and public recognition. Whether it's in business, sports, politics, or the arts, It's often been those who were most motivated that climbed that ladder of worldly success to become into the top tiers in most arenas. Yet where did that motivation come from? Motivation comes from competition, such as the competition to become better than the best or just to become the best (laughs) and originates in lack and fear. For example, for most of us, if a giant grizzly bear or a great white shark happened to be chasing us for its 
entree du jour. <laughs> being very French today. <laughs> <laughs> we might highly be motivated to run or swim faster than we've ever imagined we could. That's motivation by fear. <laughs> It's very powerful. A child who grew up invalidated, disrespected, and feeling unworthy may dedicate his life to proving himself to the world and be highly motivated to do whatever it takes to do just that. That's motivation by fear. In the, in the beginning, anyway. Fear motivates us to do whatever it takes to avoid experiencing what we're afraid of. Of course, many great souls begin their upward treks through life and their spiritual growth by being highly motivated to avoid what triggered their greatest fears. Yet, if a soul finds something that brings about their experience of love in that pursuit, their initial motivation by fear becomes replaced by the inspiration of love to continue their path to success and excellence. Their competing for love becomes transformed into their sharing of love. If they begin to overcome their fear of lack in their early successes, they will eventually realize their inner abundance of love and begin to share of it in whatever way they can. This is what ultimately separates true success from the flash-in-the-pot successes, no matter in what field of endeavor. Now, along your spiritual path, Many of our listeners may have experienced a challenging period during which it seems as though you lost your former motivation to do this or that, or to improve yourself in every way, or to make more money, or to be the best at something. There may have been a time in your life earlier when you would have done whatever it took to get the job, or get a raise, or climb the ladder of success, or nab that potential relationship, yet now you may not seem to have that kind of drive or motivation for much of anything that you used to be excited about. And just as the going gets good, we have a break coming up, and this is the time when we like to tell you about uh, things we have going on that you might be interested in. Um, we would like to invite you to join us for our next teleclass, Feel the Love Energy Work to Help You Be Happier, which is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series. Coming up on Saturday, June 12th. So mark your calendar, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. It's part of our popular ongoing series. As I said, you might be more psychic than you think. In this teleclass, learn about the nature of your happiness and learn to do psychic energy work to experience more love and be happier. For all the details and to sign up, go to our June events calendar section at michaeltamura.com or call our office at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, specific time, Monday to Friday, and speak with our amazing assistant, Noelle, who knows everything about what we're doing. And by the way, when you get on our website, be sure you sign up to get on our mailing list so you can uh, receive our email uh, newsletter, which tells about everything we have coming up. All right, we will return in just a couple of minutes to continue with Fear, Your Standoff Against Yourself. Be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. We're happy to have you back. What is fear? What does it do? And what can you do about it? Those are some of the things we've been exploring on our show today. So let us continue. Well, before the break, um, so rudely interrupted us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, many things that we're afraid of. But uh, we were talking about uh, those of you, especially on your spiritual path, you've been on it for quite some time. And, you know, when I say quite some time, I mean lifetimes. <laughs> some of you might think you're beginners, but if you're interested, you've been here before. All right. And so as you have been on your spiritual path for a long enough time, there's a period where many of you may have experienced, perhaps even more recently or even currently, where you seem to have a lot less motivation to do the things that you just would, you know, set the alarm clock and make sure you got up early to jump out of bed and to do that thing. And you might wonder, gee, am I just becoming a couch potato, apathetic? I, I mean, or am I just, you know, I have a loss of focus or because I'm not that excited about doing this or that or I used to be really excited about Oh, I, I can go get a job and to make more money, or I could, uh, uh, you know, perfect my uh, hoop shots or whatever to be a better basketball player or whatever it is that was your hobby or what was your interest in life, and and you just went gung ho about it, or just the regular level of I'm I'm constantly trying to improve myself. I I just have to be, you know. Uh, I'm working on improving myself all the time of everything. Used to be excited about that, but now it's like you wake up in the morning and you go, do I really need to go to work? 
<laughs> or do I do I really need to do this? And then you look at, well, if I don't go to work and show up, then uh, I won't get paid and then I might not be able to pay for rent and blah, blah, blah. And you look at that and you go, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I guess I better go to work, whatever. But you're not scared anymore. Before, it was like you couldn't even consider not doing that. I mean, you just got to do this, got to do this, got to do this or else you're not going to make it. Ah, so that may have felt like great motivation. And it is, it was. Just like the grizzly bear, or the great white shark chasing after you. Great motivation. <laughs> yeah, the, the grizzly bear is like your bills and, and yeah. responsibilities. <laughs> and, and the great white shark chasing after you is what happen, what's going to happen if you mess up in the relationship or if, if you don't get a relationship going or whatever. So those fear things, tremendous, powerful motivation. <laughs> but what happens on your spiritual path as you start to drop those things you're afraid of? You're not dependent upon that anymore. Ah, this happens when you have more wisdom. You become more aware and you start to see more of the truth in the matters in the world that you, you know, were interested in, but you start to see the more of the truth of the matter. Then when you do, ah, you start to be wiser. And you go, okay, yeah, you know, I need to do this, but it's not like I have to go, I have to kill myself to do this. Uh, I have to get, you know, <clears throat> adopt a really unhealthy lifestyle so that I can just get this done and, and be the best at it or whatever. Ah, that competition is going away. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're starting to not see as much lack in yourself and you're starting to see much more abundance. And, so as that happens, sooner or later, you know, that, that awakening, that part of the awakening, spiritual awakening and growth happens to everyone who's on the spiritual path for quite a while. And where they start to not be driven so much by fear, it doesn't matter that, it's, it's not that you don't have any fear. No, still plenty of things to be afraid of. <laughs> but it doesn't drive your your life as much and when that first starts to happen you might even realize you know how fast you ran uh, with a grizzly bear chasing after you or the, the how fast you swam with a great white shark chasing after you you might realize at that point you know what I don't even like to run or swim <laughs> whatever the matter is and you start to go why am I doing that I don't have to do that that's when you start to really look within yourself more and to go, you know what? What is it I'm here to do? What, what am I really about? Or you begin to discover that, like some of the people who become really successful in certain things, discover somewhere partway through. They might have started out with total competition, but somewhere when they are striving for that excellence because they start to realize you know what? I actually love to run. And I don't need a grizzly bear chasing after me to run fast. Or I actually love to swim. And I don't need the company of a great white shark to motivate me to swim. I can start to do that out of love. 
because I love to swim. I love to run. I love to conduct business. I love to do my artwork. I love to sing, whatever it is. I love it. Oh, and nothing's going to stop me from it. So then you're starting to look at, oh, what stops you from doing what you love to do is fear again, right? Like all those people said, there's nothing to fear except fear itself. Because when you bump into fear and you don't master that emotion, be the master instead of the hostage to it, you freeze. You, you go, I love to sing, but, but you know, I'm no good. I, I, I can't sing in front of you. Well, gee, that's, you know, you're going to laugh at me. Lots of fear, isn't it? Fear of humiliation, rejection, non-acceptance, disrespect, whatever. But when you discover you love it, oh, are you going to let that fear stop you from doing it? No, you're going to go, okay, I got to get over this fear. I'm just going to, because this is what I'm here to do. Whatever that is, this is what I'm here to do. And at the bottom of it, Some of you may not know, what is it that I'm here to do? Well, don't worry about identifying that because underneath it, what's the same common denominator? Oh, what do I love? Right? It doesn't. So the person who discovers I'm here to be the amazing singer, they love to sing. The person who becomes the incredible business person. They love to do business. The person who becomes a great doctor loves to treat people. Even be, you know, a person who becomes a great leader loves to lead people. It's all kinds of things. And healers love to see others well, happy, successful, whatever, fulfilled. So you're, that's what you find inside is that love that's unconditional and it's within every one of us. Now, what we identify that love with in our lives, in the world, hmm, could be from one end of the dichotomy to the other. But underneath it, that's what you have to find is the love. Then what you do with it and what you do, what you love to do, well, that comes naturally. That just you're fine. It doesn't matter. With that love, you'll enjoy everything. So, back to that thing. When, you're, when you hit that, sometimes seeming like a brick wall for a period of time, it's not like for a day or two, but if you find yourself in that kind of seemingly nonchalant, unmotivated, whatever state of mind, <laughs> don't misinterpret that as apathy or confusion or not knowing what you need to do in life. Recognize it as you're growing spiritually more aware and seeing more of the truth that you don't have to be afraid and, in com- and you don't have to be in competition with yourself to be more than, better than you think your lacking self is. You start to recognize how much abundance there is in you. You recognize how much are you starting to intuitively trust yourself rather than finding reasons to doubt yourself. Remember, you need good reasons to doubt yourself. 
Whereas no amount of reasons can get you to trust yourself. All right? Trusting yourself can only come intuitively, not by logical thinking and reasoning. Huh. But a lot of over-reasoning and over-logicalizing and intellectualizing will definitely provide you with plenty of doubting yourself. <laughs> All right? So when you trusted yourself even a little bit more, you have less fear and you're less in a hurry. Then you need to become aware that your so-called motivation in life must come from within you and not from something that can kill you chasing after you. When the true motivation comes from with you, we can call that inspiration. Inspiration isn't dependent on anything or anyone in the world. Even when it seems like someone inspired you. Hey, a lot of people inspire me. The inspiration you experience comes from within you as spirit. Inspiration. You know, kind of like respiration. Inspiration is breathing in spirit into the body and into this world. When you are inspired, that means there is more of you, spirit, the light that you are here in the body and in this world. You're here. You're more present. Then the energy you can access within you becomes limitless. And that's one of the most important aspects of living the miracle. It most certainly is. And fear is a subject that most people really try to avoid because <clears throat> it's not something very pleasant. But because of the nature of this world, it, is, it seems to be present everywhere. I would like to share with you a few experiences I had with fear, which uh, might be a little startling, actually, because they were all kind of dangerous situations. One is a number of years ago, uh, we were invited to, to do what was very popular at the time, which was fire walking, you know, walking on coals. And that was especially difficult for me because my dad was a fire safety officer. <laughs> we had the fear of fire put into us very deeply. And um, we were with a, a pretty large group. I actually did it a couple of times, but the first time was the most terrifying for me because I just was sure I was going to be the only one that burned my feet. And it came down to the hundreds of people that came through. They all went through, walked on the coals. And it was myself and a 12-year-old girl. And at the time, I was in my early 40s, so I felt kind of ridiculous. And we're both standing there looking at each other going, you go first, you go first. <laughs> and finally, she went. And so I was the last one. And I finally did do the walk. And because I had uh, some of those little fear pictures, right at the very end, my very last step, I my little toe got uh, slightly reddened. Um, and I could feel the tweak of it. But I felt like I was able to actually overcome my fear and walk mm, on colder. Yeah. I never would have been able to do it. Um, and another time was, uh, I think I've talked about this before, but um, I was walking down the street with my then 10-month-old Akita dog. She was about 65, 70 pounds already. A big dog, 
but still a puppy in a way. And it was dark, and I was. It was just her and I, and um, I had been doing my psychic practices for a very long time. And I noticed a couple of kids across the street knocked over the the bench for a bus bus stop and were just acting like trouble kids, you know. <laughs> and I made a note of it. And they crossed the street and they started coming toward me very fast. And so we're walking along. I had my dog on the leash. And as they got to be about 20 feet away, my dog sat down, which I thought was really odd. And I started to feel this energy coming through me. We would call it on a transmedium level. It came down my crown chakra, down to my first chakra and up. And it was total blind fear. But the interesting thing about it was, since I've been doing energy work long enough, I knew it was not my fear. And so I was wondering what these kids were going to do since I had this big Akita dog. And Akitas are fierce dogs and very protective, so I wasn't really worried that they could hurt me. And he got within just a few feet of me, the the larger one. And um, I heard my dog start to growl in her chest. And that's when the young man also heard her. And he looked out. He didn't see her until that moment. And he yelled out a couple of expletives <laughs> and literally turned to to his left to go run to the fence and jump and, and get away from me. But he was so close to me, I actually felt the, uh, the uh, clothing on him, you know, go against my shoulder. It was a very amazing experience. And as they ran away, that loop of fear energy just left my body. So it was an interesting thing because, number one, I learned that a lot of times criminals, when they're about to do a crime, are very fearful. Mm-hmm. And when people feel fear in the, in the midst of a crime, it's because they're actually 90% of it is the fear of the criminals themselves because they know they're doing wrong. All right. Well, we're coming up on our second break already. I have more stories for you, so maybe I'll share them in the next part. But we'd like to encourage those of you who are interested in going much further in your spiritual growth and psychic development to check out our comprehensive audio self-study foundation course, Psychic Tools and Life Mastery Practices to Live Your Soul Purpose. You can click on the What We Do tab and then Courses on our website, which is simply michaeltamora.com for all the details or call our office at 530-926-2650 weekdays during regular business hours specific time and Noel can tell you everything about it. For those of you who'd like to stay in touch with what we're doing when and where, make sure to sign up for our free monthly newsletter on our website as well. When you do, you can download a free two-hour introductory class to our comprehensive course as well. We'll be right back with Fear, your standoff against yourself. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. 
incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Well, it's great to have you back. Today we've been looking at fear as your standoff against yourself. So let's get back to what you can do when you encounter fear in your lives. Well, I said I had a couple more stories to share, which I'd like to do before I turn this back over to Michael. Um, one is, I'm again, I think I've probably told some of these stories already in other shows, but it sure um, applies to this particular subject. And, you know, Michael kept talking about being faced by a grizzly bear. Well, you know, the <laughs> grizzly bears live in only a small part of our country. I think it's uh, Alaska, Alaska and, and part of Canada and northern uh, Washington and so on. But um, there are other rather fearsome animals that live in the forests around the United States and the world. And one is uh, that's still very numerous is uh, an animal called the cougar. And when we moved to the mountains, I discovered that I was so happy to be away from the crime of the cities and we're out in the country until I realized we lived with three varieties of mountain lions. <laughs> right in the area where we lived, our, our home was at the edge of the wilderness, so they came in the neighborhood sometimes. So um, there was a period of time when I was very afraid, and um, I've told that story about how there was a mountain lion in the neighborhood and the, the cops had to come and tell me, you know, there's mountain lions in the neighborhood, you better go home. But then they left and left me two miles from my house. So um, there was this one experience that we, Michael and I had that was a real good indication of what we've been talking about today about fear is really nothing. Um, and if you really realize that, you can, you can learn how to not let it control you. So this one day, Michael and I were both, we were still living in the mount, at the mountain, Mount Shasta area. We're walking down the street, and our beautiful Great Pyrenees dog was with us. And we got about 50 feet down the street, and she started putting on the brakes. She dug her front paws into the ground and said, no, I don't want to go down the hill. And we were all ready for our two-and-a-half-mile walk. And I'm like, no, and I forced her to come. And literally, she kept putting on the brakes all the way down the hill. And we got about three-quarters of the way down the hill. 
And she looks over to the right, and we look over to the right, and there's this rustling sound. It was fall, and there were a lot of leaves on the ground. So there's this rustling sound, and something gets up off of our neighbor's lawn that's down the street about, what was that, about an eighth of a mile or so. Mm -hmm. And I look, and at first I thought it was a very large dog. And then I saw the tail. And I looked again, and it was probably the biggest mountain lion (laughs) that lived in our woods. It was huge. I'm sure it was male. Mm -hmm. And Michael and I were were holding hands. (laughs) Shanti, just like Iko during that other thing, Shanti sat down. And looked at us like, I told you so. <laughs> She'd been trying to tell us something was down there. And I said very softly to Michael, what do we do? And he just indicated, stay calm. And I noticed that I wasn't all scared and fearful. Like my heart wasn't beating fast or I wasn't sweating or anything. And the mountain lion was standing there staring at us. And it was almost like she was, he was counting one person, two person, and a dog. There's three against one. So that must have been what he was calculating, you know, if it would be safe for him to attack one of us or whatever. Well, what he did was he literally shrugged his shoulders, turned around, and went out off into the woods. Plus, he was already full. <laughs> he probably already had eaten. And, and he, taking a nap he, afterwards. Exactly. Well, whatever the case was. Uh, mountain lions are known to attack people, especially people who are running. But um, I, what I learned that day was staying calm was the best thing that we could have done. And even after the mountain lion disappeared, I, I asked Michael, should I call the, the wild game, whatever, you know, the government association to let, let them know there was a mountain lion in the neighborhood? And he said, nah, <laughs> don't bother. We, you know, we're living in their territory. So that was really an amazing experience. And we continued our walk. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the mountain lion didn't show up again. And then there's one other thing I wanted to bring up for some of you who are more advanced spiritual seekers who run into this. And that is facing something fearful when you're in your dream time, when you're sleeping, a, a fearful Uh, encounter so to speak or even an astral encounter I had uh, I've had several of those where it's not just a a normal creature you know creature coming out of the woods a mountain lion that's that's something that belongs here in this world but um, running into something that was like a, a reptile standing up reptile with that looked human and was about eight feet tall and was in my own bedroom, and I was out of my body. And the only thing I could think of is, you know, he came into me, toward me in that attack mode, just like the grizzly bear. And what I decided to do, even out of my body, I decided to ground myself and be in the center of my head. And when I did that, he went for my throat, but he couldn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. He couldn't hurt me at all. And what I did was I used what I understood and, and had been practicing with moving beings out. I moved him out. I put him, I found the hole in our house where he came in and put him through that. And later on, um, when we were awake and I told Michael about it, I contacted someone to show me how to uh, close up the energy hole that being came through. But that was also extremely empowering because mm-hmm. if you can face the ones on the astral in that way, you're certainly going to be able to do it in the body. You know, when somebody's 
coming after you in some way to be able to be grounded and hold your ground. And like Raphael said earlier, how much of the fear that you experience is actually yours and how much of it is the attacker or the person coming after you? Yes. Even down to a little bitty spider. It's amazing how much fear a spider can generate when you encounter one because, hey, you're a megalith, right, compared to a spider, and he's going, ah, and they throw, just like they throw their their web, they throw their fear at you on a huge level, and that's when I experienced that for the first time way many, many years ago, I realized, no wonder so many people are afraid of spiders, because they have big fear they throw, they use it to repel their, their, what they're threatened by, so anyway, and it's, it's big. When, when your fear is big, you put all that energy in. One time, I was taking Raphael out in Hawaii to the wild waters uh, in the Pacific Ocean off of these rocky, kind of a rocky shore. And so with, with uh, mass fins and snorkel, so I, I love that stuff. But uh, Raphael wasn't too sure yet. And as we got there, and I said, okay, I'll wait and I'll, I'll watch you go through the surf. And the surf was hardly a you know, few six inches. Six inches. Yeah, yeah, six inches. So it's not even, you can't call it a surf. And, but her fear lit up and she's hesitating. And as her fear lit up, the surf got bigger. I mean, within seconds, it was waves crashing. <laughs> yeah, it's six foot. Oh, not yeah. It's it's taller than your head. Yeah, and and now she had something to be terrified about. <laughs> but no, why was I? I'm just cracking up, and I just told her. I said, "Stop that, Raphael." Yeah, slap me on the shoulder. Stop and then that. she goes, "Oh, okay." And she's grounded. I saw her grounding herself and finding her space, and then boom. Now. It wasn't even six-inch surf. It was like a swimming pool. Yep. That's power. But it was Raphael's power that she put into her fear that made it become big waves and reduced it down to a, uh, a you know, swimming pool uh, flatness when she got out of the fear. So that's, that's something you got to really realize. Emotions, all emotions are very highly powerful creative energies. What are you creating with it? So then, uh, before we finish up today, I wanted to tell you about our friend Bill Bennett, the Australian multi-award winning uh, uh, filmmaker that we've interviewed, what, about three times on our shows uh, a couple years ago. And because at that time, he came out with this incredible documentary feature, which is now available for streaming uh, on multiple platforms in the United States, and um, which is called... PGS, the uh, intuition is your personal guidance system. Both Raphael and I are interviewed in in no, only you on that one. Oh, uh, I'm interviewed in uh, on that film, which is the first of a trilogy of films he's been making. The second one is he's he's working on it, and with COVID and everything, it got delayed. But he took the best of all the interviews. Some of them full-length interviews. Ours is uh, an hour and a half almost. Yeah. And he, he made a website specially devoted to that for people to, who are dealing with fear. And, and the website uh, is facingfear.com. 
facingfearsinterviews.com. That's facingfearsinterviews.com. And uh, those of you who never saw the PGS movie, there you can go to pgsthemovie.com and you'll get all information about that. There's trailers and whole bit. But those of you listening to our show today and interested in uh, what do experts have to say about facing fear, going beyond fear? Uh, not only are we on there, but uh, everyone from Bruce Lipton to uh, James Van Prague, um, many different Carolyn Meese, and and many of our friends who are experts in in multiple levels of fields uh, are interviewed on that website. So if you want to check it out. That's a good place. A r- incredible resource. I, I think there's hours of interviews just on facing fear. So that's that's a, a little bit of a, a side resource that um, uh, we wanted to let you know about. And and uh, when Bill comes out with the actual feature documentary on fear, we'll probably have him back on. For an interview, and you know, it's 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 the interviewer we're all afraid of. <laughs> well, he's been amazing creating these. Films. Yeah, it's it's great. And so then, uh, back to the subject of fear, and when I was mentioning about you know, what do you create with that emotion? But when when Raphael took her power, her creative power, away from the fear, and not let the fear be the boss of her, but she became the boss of the fear, then she put her creative power into having a great swim, having a great uh, uh, outing to the, to the beautiful ocean. And, and she had an amazing time. In fact, we, we uh, uh, snorkeled and, and went across the entire bay. That's right. <laughs> it was like about a three-hour swim. <laughs> Altogether. I don't know if I could do that now. But, and by the way, all that experience happened well before the mountain lions and, yeah. and everything. So. so she was prepared for a lot of these encountering of fear. And uh, and after all, she's born under the sign of Scorpio, isn't that? You know, you work fear and death and all those kinds yeah, of yeah. fun topics. <laughs> I've, told, I've had people tell me they didn't want to be my friend and they found out I was a Scorpio. Oh, well. Uh, well, anyway, we are coming to the end of our show. So we wanted to thank each one of you for joining us today. Anytime we can get together like this in support of everyone's spiritual path and awakening, it's truly a joyous celebration of life. So please be sure to join us next Wednesday for our next episode, Why All Heck Broke Loose After Your Joyous Celebration. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. Why All Heck Broke Loose broke loose after your joyous celebration. We're trying not to use swear words. Oh, well, so, so fear leads to heck, right? <laughs> We're sure that many of you have experienced times when some kind of challenge followed, seemingly right in the footsteps of great happiness. Or it could have been as simple as having enjoyed a wonderful day off with family and friends, and then the next morning you felt like roadkill. What's that about? Tune into our show next week and find out. Remember, too, to join us for our next teleclass, Feel the Love, Energy Work to Help You 
be happier. Coming up on Saturday, June 12th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time, which is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series, which is open to everyone. And you can join us anytime for that teleclass series. Check our website or call our office now at 530-926-2650 for details or to sign up. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.